शिला गुरुदेव की जाए श्रीमन महाप्रभु की जाए श्री हरिनाम संकीर्तन की जाए श्री नवदीप भावतरंग की जाए शिला सच्चिदानंद महाराज ठाकुर भक्तिनाथ की जाए श्री नरसिंह भगवान की जाए गौर भक्त वृंद की जाए गौर प्रणाम So good afternoon to all of you. Pranam, welcome. Um, <clears throat> we are today continuing with our series of lectures on Srila Thakur Bhaktivinoda's prayers, Raga Marga prayers to Senior Sri Mahavagavan. Today we are in our last meeting in that connection. Tomorrow we will have some Q&A. But today we are officially arriving at the very last verse of these five that Sri Thakur Bhaktivinoda uh, reveals in, in, in his pursuit of the Raga Mark, at least as an example for us, he's already there, but trying to set this type of a reference for us on how to address Narasimha Bhagavan in our quest for hmm, Raga Bhakti. Hmm. So today we are in the fifth verse. But some brief words regarding yesterday, for those of you who have not been there, almost all of you have been there, but some of you have not, and especially for those who have been there, we can make some recap also. <laughs> so there, Thakur Bhakti not ambition, Nisrim Hatev blessing him, putting his hand on his head, like as he did with Pralat, but in this case, to Thakur Bhaktivinoda in the context of the Raghumarga and saying, okay, may you live happily, peacefully in Sri Navadip hmm? and worship, worship Sri Sri Radha and Krishna in Navadip. Hmm? Sri Sri Gorgadada. Ki Jai. jai. <laughs> and may you have attachment for their names and may all obstacles in your path be relinquished by the grace of the sad, of, of my sadhus. Hmm? So, Many important points again in all of these concepts and words and sentences. Lots to unpack. We try to do something in that connection, mm-hmm. trying to develop this notion of how the sadhus are the, the Kripa Shakti of Bhagavan. Mm-hmm. The Srimha they cleans up obstacles, but that how, how does take place in the pra- in practice in our daily situation by the association with with sadhus, by the proximity. To the south. Some proximity, as we know, is not physical proximity. Srila Maharaj used to say, in the body of the Guru, there are so many germs and bacteria. It's so intimately related to him. <laughs> so close, so, so much proximity is there, but those elements are just taking energy from the person, are not contributing to the cause. So, how much proximity is there? You follow? So, real proximity is in terms of what we call. Anugatya. Mm-hmm. Anugatya. Or following into the footsteps in a substantial way. Mm-hmm. Surrender, dedication to what all that person represents. Even if externally we are not next to him in every picture, if you will. <laughs> the sadhu may be there and you maybe want to be there next to in every picture, but that doesn't guarantee proximity in the terms we want. Mm-hmm. Krishna the Gita says to Arjun, Tadbidi Pranipatena. Pranipatena means surrender. But Srila Prabhupada interestingly translates the word approach. 
you have to approach the spiritual master. But the term is surrender to spiritual master. But what does it mean, surrender? Approach. <laughs> so he really very nicely put that, make that point. I mean, what does it mean to approach your guru? Surrender. If there's no surrender, there's no proximity. Again, so proximity, closeness is in terms of so saranagati or anugatya. So that's how, if you will, the spirit of Nishrimhadev, the relinquishing of all obstacles will take place in our life, in our pursuit of the Ragamar. So we spoke about that, we spoke about the very deep esoteric truths of Golgadadar a little bit, <laughs> the concept of Navadvip as non different from Brindavan, and how we are to inhabit that Navadvip. Also something interesting that we may add to this idea of residing in, in Navadvip, which is the abode of Kirtan, specifically Godrum, the island of Kirtan where Thakur Bhaktivinoda lives and eternally and in the context of which he is pronouncing these prayers, we have to invoke necessarily the third verse of Sikshastakam, which really sets the standard of what's Kirtan about. Sadahari. What does it mean to be constantly engaged in Kirtan? Trinada Pisunichina Tarora Pisayishnuna Amanina Manadina Kirtaniya Sadahari. So Kirtaniya Sadahari means this verse speaks about residing constantly in Srinam, inhabiting Srinam. Srinam is a place of residence, if you will. We are to to find our eternal corner, place there. It's not just a sound, but it's a a portal, as we say, an eternal destiny. So, when we say residing in Navadip, Navadip Godrum is the abode of Kirtan, and Kirtan is a place to reside in. It's not just some nice songs. <laughs> but it's a, a location, a transcendental location, where I have to constantly reside. And the third verse, of course, is so so crucial. I mean, if, as much as we start to to understand this verse as a place to enter, we, we will understand, okay, this is a stage to attain, and it's, it's not just a tool that I can invoke whenever I need. Because it's not that, okay, now I will be more humble than a blade of grass. It doesn't work like that. It's not like, okay, I'll press the Tarora Pisa Ishuna button. Now Sunichina, now Amanina. It's not working. <laughs> no, it's not that whenever I need the tool, I invoke that. It's something, it's a place to attain. And, and to attain in order to reside there, and not just to tend to help me in this moment, I need this, okay, now, thank you so much. You can remain there. No, no, it's something to, <laughs> to embrace from tip to toe. Mm-hmm. So for most of us, that's a, tain, a stage to attain. Third verse of Sikshastakam, Nishta. Mm-hmm. The stream Hadeb has a lot, a lot of work to do with us in that connection. <laughs> a lot of cleansing, a lot of cleansing the... The land, preparing the land for further and further things. So when Trinhadev is there to help us and to further advance in the conception of this third verse, the more you, you embrace this third verse, the more you start to think, I will say, more in third person than in first person. Mm-hmm. Generally, we, we tend to see words in first person, I. And everything accommodates after that single letter. I and the whole world unfolds as a result of that. <laughs> around <laughs> has to locate a cell like around. No, no, no. Eventually, as you advance, you start to think in terms of not I, but you, second person, we could say, you, Krishna, or, or he, she, they. <laughs> not so much third person, uh, first person, sorry. 
without like yeah, trying to, to be main characters of the whole story. And so gradually we will enter into this land where we will feel ourselves I'm just witnessing the whatever the movements of the puppeteer and I'm just like being mystically possessed. <laughs> we need to be mystically possessed. That's what it's all about here. But you know, Tagore is speaking from that vantage point of view. He's mystically possessed here, as we know. He's not walking from one Lila Stali to, a, to another in, in his now with Baba Tarang, as we say yesterday, but he's just rolling to whatever this mystical possession is taking him. Oh, rolling on the ground, and I arrived at Nisrin Hapali, and then I woke up after. And I, I'm there, and I'm here, and I'm there, and so <laughs> So, <clears throat> let's go to today's verse, fifth verse of, of prayers to Nishim Hadev. This is verse number 40 in the Navadu Bhavataranga. So, Bengali says like this. Yi boli kave mora mastra kau para Shriyat Shri Charana Harsidhari Beshwar Amani Jugala Premi Satvika Vikare Dharaya Lutivoyami Shrini Srimhadwari. So, Sri Thakur Bhakti no say when. <laughs> Stop there. Try <laughs> to ruminate on, on that word. When. And it's a long when. Seems has no when. So. <laughs> Charged with, with longing and depth. It's a real when. It's not just when. When Krishna will be give me my mercy, his mercy, let's continue doing some nonsense. No, the when. And, and until you find a reply to that when, you won't feel I can do something else. <laughs> when? When or when that baby will be mine? When he will cross the path of my eyes? When or when? If you say when Krishna will cross the path of my eyes, Jagannathisham, Nayana Patagami, Bhava to me. When he will, it means I'm totally attentive for that to happen. It's not, oh, when Jagannath will cross the path of my eyes and I will play some video games meanwhile. And whenever he appears, okay, oh, you're, you're there, thank you. <laughs> Gradually, you, you are really there for that to happen. You have to be really in the moment, attentive, waiting for whatever revelation has to take place. There is a lot, we will speak today about that a little bit, about prayer and about what's the price of prayer and what's expected from us in that connection and how we have to really be willing to, to wait. And meanwhile, while we're waiting, we are increasing our longing. That's, that's how we should wait and that's how we should pray. It's not just idle, idle, do you say? Idle waiting? Idle, thank you. Idle, idle waiting, like, mm, okay. Meanwhile, I do something else. Yeah, something else you can do. You can throw more fuel into the fire of your longing. <laughs> That's a real waiting. If not, you are not waking. You're waiting. You are just distracted and entertaining yourself. <laughs> so if you love someone and you are waiting for that love to come, beloved to come, I mean, it's like, try to imagine. you get more and more absorbed in, in, in when that will happen mm-hmm. during the waiting. That's the description of, hmm? for example, there's one state of, of, of Sri Radha Thakurani, which is Basana Janika, which means when the heroine is preparing everything for Krishna to come, decorating all the kunj and, and decorating everything and herself, waiting for Krishna to come. And Krishna is not coming. And waiting for Krishna to come. And meanwhile, preparing everything and increasing the longing, 
And Krishna may come, and Krishna may... I mean, at one point he will come, but in the process of not coming, <laughs> the longing reaches like higher and higher peaks. So it's important to learn how to wait no? and, and, and not take the cell phone in a while, basically. <laughs> so, when? First word here in the verse. Let's go to the word by word. First, I mean, it's not the first word, but in the order of, of conception, first idea here is Kabi. Kabi. This is very important. Bengali for when. Kabi Habi, Kabi Bani Gouda. Many, many, many bhajans in our tradition start with Kabi. That's very interesting. That's, that's a warranty of success. The song is starting with when. And that type of when. So you say, okay, here there is something. The real thing is there, when. Starting with a specific longing. So Kabi, when, will, basically. Ishvara, Bali, Ishvara means Bhagavan, which in this case is not so much an Ishvara in, in Aishwarya. Remember, Bhakti Thakur is praying to, to Ishvara in the context of Raga Bhakti. Even if you want to get more specific, you will say he's actually praying to Ishvari. <laughs> Shirada is Ishvari in every single sense of the term. Makeshwari, Praneshwari, Swadeshwari, Suneshwari, Tribeda, Bharateshwari, Pramana, Sasaneshwari, Rameshwari, Kshameshwari, Pramoda, Kanuneshwari, Brayeshwari, Brayadipe, Shiradiki, Namashute. Mahadev prays in this way. So she's the Ishwari in every single sense of the term you may possibly conceive. <laughs> so Thakur Bhakti, you know, being Kamala Manjari, he has his, she has his, her. <laughs> Ishvari. Well, the term is Ishvara, which in this case, as Guru Maharaj will explain regarding the, the fourth verse of Sikshastaka, Mahaprabhu also uses the term Ishvara there to refer to Krishna. But Ishvara doesn't mean Ishvara by Kuntanat, Narayan, but Praneshwar. Praneshwar. Prananat, which means the, the master of my, how do you say in English? Psych? Psyching? Like, oh. how do you say? Saiging. 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 Not breathing. But when you are in love, you don't. You, you no longer breathe. You huh? sigh. When you are in love, it's just like, ah, oh, ah, oh, when, kavi, ah, oh, kavi, when or oh, when. But that's to be in love. Hmm? Very poetically to say that, for example, Sri Radha has a pearl under her nose. And generally a pearl is white. But generally it is seen that her pearl is half black and half red. So to say that some people say, well, that's because there is some reflection in his, her kajal, her eyeliner. So the black part reflects on the top part of the pearl. So top part is black and the low part reflects on her red lipstick and it's red. By the Rasika, by she say, no, 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 that's, that's nonsense. <laughs> now the real meaning of that, which seems like a gunjamala, no? red, black, it's a pearl. The red has to do with her anurag or her passionate attachment for Krishna, and the black has to do with Krishna himself, who is Sham Sundar. So, this red and black means whenever she breathes, she sikes, and she only sikes Krishna, anurag, Krishna, anurag, Krishna, red and black, red, and therefore her pearl is said to be red, red and black in, in this connection. So, here Bhaktinoda Thakur is speaking in this term when he says, Ishvara. When? Ishvara. 
Balier. When he will balier, when he will say this. Say this means what he said in the previous verse. When he will bless me, we are free from obstacles. May you worship your Easter peacefully. Now that we've done. Harse. Daribe. Harse means I'm very joyfully. Daribe means he will place Sri Charan. He will place his own Suya Sri Charan, his own feet. Try to imagine. I mean, you have to really enter into the picture. And Sri Mahade will give you blessings. First, put his hand on your head, and then he will extend his feet on your head. That's like added feature, extra blessing. Mora Mastaka Upar, on my head. So when Nishri Mahabhagavan will place his feet on my head, I give him full blessing to that. What's the meaning of that blessing? That's the point here. No? Because we pray, may Nishri Mahabhagavan bless me. But what's the result of that blessing in the context of Raga Bhakti? Amani Jugala Prem Satvika Vikar. So Amani means immediately, immediately Jugala Prem, love for the divine pair, Pair, you say? Jugal. Satvika Vikari. And he will say in the next verse, Amilutivo Dharaya. By receiving that ecstatic transformation, Satvika Vikari, I will roll on the ground, Srinistri Mahadwari, to the Dwar, to the door of Srinistri Bhagavan's temple. Remember, he's in now in, in Godrum here, and in Godrum you find the temple of Nishimhadev, Nishimhapali. Which is has some lake there also as well. We will speak something about that. How will I get to that temple? Satrika Vikari, which is whole combination of trans, ecstatic transformation. Satrika Vikari. So that's the ultimate result of Yashim Bhagavan's blessings. So of course the question is, well, that sounds nice. Sounds nice. Is your said and done? How to walk the talk, how to arrive there. So let's go back for a minute to Prahlad Maharaj. Because we are speaking about the highest reach of Raga Bhakti and even Nadia. But Prahlad Maharaj, remember, he is a constant foundation for us. Regarding all the things that have to be in place to begin with for our project to be sustainable. So Prahlad Maharaj is a great, perfect example of, again, of high freedom from fear, peacefulness, and prayer. Prayer. He's, he's considered uh, like the Acharya of Smarana. Regarding the Navan Lakshan Bhakti, the nine practice of devotion announced, mentioned by himself in the Bhagavatam, Shravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu Smaranam, Padasivanam, Bandhanam, Archanam, Bandhanam, Dasyam, Atsakyam, Atmani, so he himself, it is Punsarpita Vishnu, Bhaktis Chenna Valakshanam, Kriyeta Bhagavatida. How's the last line? Kriyeta Bhagavatida, Tadinam Itanutamam. Yeah. Interestingly, after that ninth practice, he said, you have to practice them adha, completely, which the commentator said, which Saranagati. Not only here in Chanti, but on the platform of Saranagati. So, Rupa Goswami mentions different examples for each one of these nine practices, attaining perfection through that. So he gives examples, Shravan. Who is the example of Shravan? Shravanaika Guru. 
Parikshit Maharaj. Yeah. <laughs> and then for Kirtan? Sukadeva Goswami. And then for Smaran? Prahlad Maharaj. Interestingly. So of course, all the prayer may be connected more with Bandhanam, which Akrura is the main personality there. Also, Smaranam is quite connected with, with prayer. And, and how Prahlad Maharaj went through all these different circumstances that he went through by the grace of <laughs> so many obstacles he was met on, on his path. Hmm? Uh, and he was praying, praying, praying to the point of becoming prayer himself. That's an, uh, let me go to a play of words. I cannot avoid that. So someone who plays is a player. No? Right? Someone who speaks is a speaker. Someone who prays is a Prayer. Prayer. <laughs> Interestingly, that's the word we have. What to do? So you have to become prayer. That's the idea. To pray means that I am a prayer. <laughs> that, that's the whole idea of praying. It's not like a separate thing. At one point in the beginning, maybe a separate thing, but eventually you have to become prayer. <laughs> you have to become a walking prayer. That was Prahlad Maharaj was about. We have to become prayer ourselves. That means to pray. So, he couldn't, Prahlad, we know, he couldn't be harmed even by the strongest forces in the universe. He was a bhai, unafraid. <laughs> he had no enemies, a jata satru, to say. He for whom non-enemy was born yet. <laughs> so, that means to pray. To really enter prayer means we are to become that, to, to, to some form of sayuja, some type of merging <laughs> into ourself and the spirit of prayer, kavi, this when, oh when. And again, in this way, there will, I mean, if you become prayer, there won't be any obstacles in your life. We could, we could take that stance. As, the more you find obstacles, or if you still find obstacles in your life, that's showing the degree to which you have not become yourself prayer. <laughs> Since you have not fully entered into that reality, still you feel obstacles. So those obstacles come to remind you, you have to increase your, your prayerhood, your prayerness. You have to become more prayer. The obstacles are coming to as a reminding note. No? More prayer. You have to become more prayer. <laughs> Again, there's no separate life between me and prayer. I pray when I need. Sometimes that's the idea. When I need, I pray. Yes, that's a good point. But the point is you always need. <laughs> As we say yesterday, we may feel I need something and act accordingly, but what we feel we need is not necessarily our real need. So our real need, all saints have agreed, is prayer. <laughs> we may feel we don't need that. We feel we need so many other things. Prayer? That sounds so like old school, so like out of date for those weird guys living in the cavern or whatever. I am a contemporary, postmodern personality. And so many things to do, the whole world is waiting for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But in the context of prayer, try to address the world in the context of prayer. If not, you won't be even addressing the world. You would just like, in some nightmare or whatever. You were just mis, 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 misinterpreting reality. 
So <clears throat> we need this idea because we are again speaking in the concept of Raga Bhakti. In Raga Bhakti, this is the, the standard. I mean, there is so much. I mean, naturally, they, are, they may not be praying like we may do as sadhakas, but they are imbibed in such a mode that there are no obstacles. Or basically, whatever obstacle comes is nourishing the passionate love for Krishna. But to reach there, first we have to become prayer, or asadakas. Hmm? So we quoted the other day the Prem Samput. In Prem Samput, it is given this example of the lion and the elephant. The lion is there in the jungle, and the elephant comes to attack the lion. So, oh, obstacle. But what will the lion do? Will defeat the elephant and will feed himself on the elephant. So the obstacle became food, nourishment. So whatever obstacle came, it gave further strength. Because that's the, and that's the, the symbol of, of Premor. Like when you have a, a current of a river, and the river is flowing to, with a certain strength, but the river finds some obstacle, what will happen with the river? In order to overcome the obstacle. And it will get stronger. The current will become more more condensed, more intense, and it will overcome. So the obstacle is only strength, strengthening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's how it should work ideally. Redoubled force, basically. So similarly, sometimes the charis had concluded in this way, attraction for the beloved will increase proportionately to the obstacles. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> the obstacles will only Increase the traction. As we say the other day, Aheri Bhagati Premna Shabhava Kutilavavi. Love moves in a crooked way. Tridasiram Ras will say, because it embraces everything on its way. So we could further apply this idea. Love moves in such a way that all obstacles are included within the, the flow of love and are made part of the love equation and are taken to further nourish. The current of love, the advancement of love. Again, we may not be there, but we as sadhakas, at least in theory, we should know whatever I'm perceiving as obstacle has the potential to nourish my prayer, my sadhana, my life. It's not to be discarded. Nothing is to be discarded. If I discard something, I'm the loser. I find the opportunity of adding some extra vitamin, (laughs) if you will. To my passion. So prayer is a really comprehensive activity. And sometimes devotees, with all respect, I mean not only devotees, everyone, but devotees included, <laughs> uh, are not so much like fond of prayer. I mean, because it's difficult. It's complex. No? It, it easily discourages. Because it's, it, it means entering into certain direction that is not so easy so generally when something is not so easy we get discouraged that's I, I once read one book from one Christian saint called uh, well the book is called The Art of Prayer and the author is uh, yeah I have it in Spanish but not in English Teofan Teo, Teofan in Spanish it's Teofano the recluse that was his name so rather than that his name is scary, maybe. <laughs> I will present you a recluse. Mm-hmm. You like, I'm chilling. Is there. <laughs> and the book is called The Art of Prayer, double chilling there. <laughs> and he really describes, yes, prayer is not easy. It's, it's, it's like, 
because it, it easily discourages you because it's not easy to perform. I mean, it's complex, it's difficult, it takes you out of the comfort zone. And we hear all the things that women feel, oh no, I don't want that. That's our problem. We want things relatively easy. Or not relatively, but as easy as possible. <laughs> um, but the point is, we, we as Bada Jivas are not in our natural condition. So the point is, if we were to be in our natural condition, everything will be easy, <laughs> in one sense. But in the unnatural condition, sometimes those things that naturally are easy, in the unnatural condition, do not seem easy. So there is a challenge there. <laughs> so prayer ideally encompasses from all, of our, all of our functions to tip to toe, from tip to toe. As we mentioned, we don't have to pray, but we have to become pray. Error. <laughs> prayer, prayer. So, with all that it implies, as we spoke in the very first lecture some days back, Chito Darpana Marjanan Mahaprabhu will say, try to embrace your unconscious. Maybe it sounds more easy to say, clean the, the mirror of your mind. That's, that's equally difficult, but it may sound better if I say try to embrace your unconscious like oh okay <laughs> but that's the very beginning of Nam Sankirtan which is another way of saying prayer try to address let's try to address as we say yesterday try to address those unknown sections the known we already have experience of that now whatever we need to further advance has to do with something we don't know it is unknown. We know so much of Krishna consciousness and we can recite so many ideas and verses and con- we have learned by heart even so many verses. But now we have to to discover the unknown part of all those things that we know in theory. For example, I, I've learned many verses by heart, but it doesn't mean anything <laughs> in one point. <laughs> if I'm not willing to enter those verses and, and hear all that those verses have to tell me in connection to those things that I still do not know. Mm-hmm. So that that's really means to learn the verse. <laughs> it's not just, oh yeah, yeah, I know that one. Blah, 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 boom. But to let the verse enter and show you to shed light in those sections that no light is shining on at this present moment. <laughs> so all those, each of these sections are to Enlighten. Enlighten us means shed light when there is no light. And you will see those things that till today remain in darkness. You want to do that? Hopefully, yes. Yes? Yeah. Okay. I'm recording, just in case. (laughs) Whenever you have some headache or something, I will show you the recording. You say yes. (laughs) And that's the idea, of course. That's a very heroic, heroic project. It may take time and it may be, as we said the other day, embarrassing, but glorious at the same time. <laughs> because it's such an ideal. And Srila Samaraj would say, we are to be judged according to our ideal. He even once said, we are a means to our ideal. That quote was let me like, wow. I'm a means, means, you say, to my ideal. My ideal has to trespass me. I'm just to, to allow myself to be like penetrate, interpenetrated by my ideal, so that ideal can bear fruit, come to life through me. 
that's the success of my existence, basically. But again, it's a gradual process. We are to go through all these stages with patience, as we say, learning to wait, but in the context of waiting, learning to increase our longing in a healthy way, as we spoke today with Subal in the car while we were coming here. The process is gradual, but not that gradual either. (laughs) It's as gradual as you want to make it gradual. It can be too gradual and it doesn't work like that. You have to balance longing and patience. Yes, the classical example, the pregnant lady. She has to wait, but the longing is increasing. I want to meet my, my child. But she has to wait minimum nine months. So patience, but longing. Patience. <laughs> One will like qualify the other. One will put in context the other. Because without patience, you will open your, your belly before time. <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> and without longing, I mean, the baby is born and you're okay. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. No? So... The two of them have to help each other. So we have to go through all these stages that scripture describes. Kanishta, Madhyam, Uttam, and all these shades in between. And be willing to pay the price for treading each each one of these stages in the ladder, as embarrassing as they may be in the beginning, especially. <laughs> like we say the other day, you know, for example, a Kanishta or a novice. Is someone who really uh, doesn't care too much for revelation, if you will. It's more attached to one's own subjectivity from here and now and not so much how super subjectivity is, is operating. So this idea came the other day, like a Kanishta will see Shastra through the lens of their emotions, but the Madhyam will see his emotion through the lens of Shastra. <laughs> Which is different. It's the same words, but a different degree of... No? Kanishta will see Shastra through the lens of their emotions. So Shastra will accommodate according to whatever is going on in them. But the Madhyam will filter his, her emotions through the lens of Shastra. And others, reality. Anadutam... <laughs> His, her emotions are Shastra in itself, we would say. <laughs> Those emotions come, Bhava, as with Shastra's foundation. So all the things have to be threading, especially in our, <clears throat> in our Raga Marga project, which is a very, very specific path. In, in, in the Raga Bhagavad Chandrika, this is a very nice book, we, had some, we studied this book well last year. Or something. We made some twenty-something classes on the Raghavarma Chandrika, which means a moonlight on the path of Raga. Hmm? So Vishwanath Chakrabarti Thakur begins this book by saying that we we do not only need some light for us to know how to thread the path, but to begin with, we need light to become aware that such a thing exists altogether. Because it's totally beyond our wildest imagination. If we do not get in touch with sadhus, with certain particular current in parampara, we will never just come of our own 
conclusion like Krishna and Vrindavan mm. and, and, and all these interactions. I mean, it's nobody has came ever like, okay, I happened to imagine this story and this came to me. It's a cool script. You can check. Called Srimad Bhagavatam or whatever. <laughs> That's so we need that more light to shed. First of all, to show us such a thing is possible. And we are now like trying to ruminate on that. How such a thing is possible? And how such a thing is, is trying to be possible in my life? I mean, because it's an important exercise to daily put on the scale, you know, like revisit the scale, if you will. Such a thing which is possible and is knocking on my door. <laughs> and on the other side, I count my so-called merit. It doesn't compute in comparison with this. And so in, make this exercise of increasing your humility. And then, okay, this is possible and how to thread such a path. Raga Bhakti. So this Raga Marga, I will call it, I like this, this idea of Raga Marga is the path of specificity. It's a very specific path. It's not just a general idea of God, a general idea of service to God, as we spoke these days. It's not just a God who is there and we are just to whatever, provide the bread I need and whatever I need and, and project some temporary notion on Him or or he's Atmaram, he doesn't need too much. So, I will worship because he has to be worshipped, and not I. But such a specific real. So, so gradually, as, as, I mean, all of us want to be members of the Ragamar. So, we, we have to really enter into the implications of that. It's not just being part of one institution and a card carrying member. Okay, my guru is this, and this is my name. But how much I am advancing into all that I can be in the Ragamar, my identity of service. And I don't want to sound Sahaja, no, but at the same time, as we said the other day, there's two varieties of Sahaja. sahaja. One is you are rushing, as Sila Semras will say, fools rush when angels fear to threat. Yeah. Or the other variety of Sahaja is I'm ready for the next step. And I'm not willing to do that. And I choose to insist on remaining a mediocre participant and cheat myself out of that. That's Sahaja also. Because Sahaja means to make the thing cheap and easy and not be willing to pay the price you need. So that can take these two forms. I want the highest thing too quickly or I'm not willing to advance as I need to advance to make the necessary progress. So Raga Bhakti has to do with making progress. Our, our Guru Maharaj will say that's what Madhyam Bhakta is concerned about and, 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 and someone who is concerned with being a Madhyam Bhakta will be concerned about making progress. Not in a neurotic way, but you have to be concerned with that idea. I want to grow, I want to progress, I want to mature, I want to get closer to the goal that this, my sadhus are describing to me. I, I'm making I'm getting closer to that. I mean, you have to analyze yourself. You, you cannot let one single day without doing that. If you want to practice, I mean, if you don't want to practice, okay. <laughs> but to practice means, I mean, you have to re revisit where I am today, tomorrow, the day after tomorrow. No, again, not in an erotic way, but Krishna conscious. You have to be conscious of what you are trying to do. <laughs>
So what I am doing today to get closer to my goal? I'm doing something or I'm just being carried by the emotions of the day, if you will. And I, oh, one more day, it's okay. I was not so sinful. I didn't do such terrible, terrible things. I'm kind of a nice guy. And Krishna is so merciful. <laughs> On top of that, Krishna is so merciful. So for sure he will give some extra no, magic of me. <laughs> but that's it. Krishna said, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. Sometimes devotees, we say the other day, will have this naive idea. Okay, I, I, I will, I'm chanting my rams, I'm giving my monthly dakshina in the temple, and I'm doing a kadasi. Mm-hmm. Although I'm looking on the clock for the titi on the kadasi also, and have my pizza ready there. <laughs> <laughs> and I follow the regulative principles. Somehow, I'm following the regulative principles, so at the end of my life, I'll... Some magic will happen and Krishna has to take me to go over and down. I mean, that's his duty. <laughs> we may cheat ourselves in that way. And we may not have a clue about who we are in eternity yet. Do you follow? That point is, you want to re- arrive there if you don't have a clue who will you be there. It's not that I don't have an idea, but Krishna will take me to go log and say, okay, you came, let's see, your name is this, you go to this, uh, but Salaras department, we need one there. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Huh? And I'm so fallen that I cannot demand Krishna, I want this. No, he, whatever he sends, I'm willing to do so. That's not humility. <laughs> In this case, <laughs> you follow my point. Mm-hmm. So we need to enter into the specificity of the path. As, as many times I told you, like, if I ask you what's the goal of life for us, and you tell me love of God, I may tell you that's still a level of impersonalism. <laughs> because our path is so specific about the goal of life that if your only reply is love of God, that's closer to my about that to our real ultimate goal. <laughs> that's too impersonal yet. Love of God. Which which type of love? Which type of God? Mm-hmm. Love for Krishna. Which type of Krishna? Matura Krishna, Dwarka Krishna, Braja Krishna. Braja Krishna. Which, which Braja Krishna? Which type of love for Braja Krishna? Sakya Vatsali Madhurya. Madhurya. Which type of Madhurya? Sakya, Parakya, Parakya. Which type of Parakya? Tatat Babichadmika, Sambhogi Chadmika. Dark union with him, serving Naika, Herring. Serving Sirada. Okay, in which camp? In which, in which, which type of service does? I mean, so many layers. And in which camp? And under the guidance of... Specific, 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 more specific. The idea of love of God, totally forgotten. Because at that point, you won't be seeing Krishna as God. I mean, if you want to serve under the shelter of Sri Radha, I mean, you will be abusing Krishna, most probably. <laughs> Krishna will want to enter, he will say, get out of here. <laughs> you rascal, you offended my Swamini, my Ishwari. All day, all, she was waiting all that night long, preparing the kunja for you to ride. And you just come now in the morning like if nothing happened with all the marks of the loving battle with Chandravali. We don't want to see your face here. Get, get out quickly from here. I mean, you cannot think Krishna is God to tell those things to him. I mean. <laughs> you follow. So unless, and it's not only about getting to know those details as information. So now I will be there. But of course you, get, you have to know those things in theory, but then walk the talk. 
And whenever you really are there, according to the affinity you have because of Sadhu Sangha, then there is some scope for entering there. But if not, still it's too abstract. And I'm not condemning that. I mean, again, the process is gradual. But again, not that gradual either. Because if you really put in the scale all that is coming to you, what? I have to do something with this. So I have to enter into the details, for example, of our ultimate identity to, to enter there. Unless we know that, unless we really ardently desire that, we won't go to the spiritual world because we don't have a clue about who we are and what we'll be doing there. So, And again, that won't happen like magic because sometimes we cheat ourselves. Someday that will happen, but you don't have an idea how that will happen. And that's not Sahaja again. It's what should I, if you really want that, in the real sense, with the real intention, I want to go there to serve in a particular way. I, I want to develop an identity of service that is the result of identification with the necessity of service. Eventually all that will take place. But we need to enter into a specific, so that's a good way of measuring our progress. How much more specific my practice is becoming in time. I'm entering more, and again, this is not just intellectual curiosity. <laughs> I will know the details. I'm really being a specific now. No, a specific in, in every single, in prayer, again. <laughs> how, mo- how much more ingrained all those things becoming. Without paranoia, without discouragement, I don't want anyone to get out depressed out of this lecture, please. <laughs> but feeling some healthy pinch, you say? Mm-hmm. Pinch. <clears throat> it is saying one one Christian saying from Chile, he say, if you give, but it's not pinching, you are not giving, basically. Mm-hmm. So you have to give until it pinches. <laughs> and in a sustainable level, again. <laughs> but you have to feel some. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At least in our stage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and allow ourselves for the pinching. The saddle will come with this, like nails and hands. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> another form of Nisrim Habagaban. Some pinching. <laughs> if you don't want this, he will do like this. Some pinching. If you resist to that, he will have to show another way of some other function of his name. <laughs> so, in this way, in this prayer, Sri Thakur Bhakti Nodi is showing to us the need to receive Nrsimhadev's blessings. Again, like implying, may he put his head on my hand on my head, feet on my head. And only after that, as he mentioned, immediately I will receive, immediately I will receive ecstatic love for the divine couple. First, Nrsimhadev will bless me with fearlessness, with the possibility of embracing all that Prahlad Maharashtra represents of becoming prayer myself. <laughs> and then we can speak seriously about hmm, Jugal Bhajan and Jugal Prem and all, all the things that imply. And we will be rolling, as Patino Tagore says here, from one temple to the other. We will reach the different Lila Stalis in, in rolling mode, not like here and there. Hmm. So all these verses are again in, in this Narasim Hapali, this very beautiful place in, in Godrum which is connected to the realm of Kirtan. So Kirtan is our vehicle, our means, if you will, to, to reach all this. So we are to embrace 
In this spirit, Srinam, praying for the blessings of Nisrim Bhagavan. So, through this series, we have tried to show that how we can worship Nisrim Hadev in a way that this may facilitate our proximity to our Istadev in the Ragamar. Sisi Radha Krishna, Sisi Krishna Balaram, according to each one's proclivity. And also to, to, dis, to de- demystify the, the wrong notion that some devotees sometimes may have, that Nisrim Hadev will, like, uh, how to say, will chase away Radha and Krishna. I've heard that sometimes. Mm-hmm. If you worship Nisrim Hadev, oh, Radha and Krishna will be cha- chasing? Chasing, you say? Chased. Chased away. Chased away. No. And we have the most perfect example of this is Gopal Bhatta Goswami. Mm-hmm. You know the story, maybe. Mm-hmm. One, once upon a time, Narasimha Pachaturdasi, he was contemplating, he was with his Shalagram Shilas, he has 12 Shalagram Shilas, as you know, Mahaprabhu gave that instruction, go to Gandaki River and find the Gandaki Shilas in the Gandaki River. And he was with this no, desire, I would like to worship Radha and Krishna. He had some clothes for them. And Mahaprabhu had promised to him, I will give you my darshan one more time because Gopal also met, only met Mahaprabhu once in South India when he was a boy. And he wanted to join Mahaprabhu. But Mahaprabhu said, no, you stay with your parents till they pass away and then you can, we will see, we'll meet each other again. But then Mahaprabhu passed away. So Gopal was like, what about this second darshan? <laughs> so all this longing were meeting together. I would like to worship Radha and Krishna. I would like to have darshan of Mahaprabhu. And here I am with my 12 shilas. Mm-hmm. So eventually one day of Narasimha Chaturdasi, he's deeply, but deeply contemplating mm-hmm. the devotion of Prahlad and how such bhakti made Bhagavan appear from a pillar. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's so powerful. I mean, th- that's the very idea of bhakti. Bhakti makes Bhagavan appear. Mm-hmm. Whatever there is bhakti, there is Bhagavan. Because Bhagavan is Bhagavan. The, the Bhagavatam says that. Bhagavan bhakta bhakti mam. For me, that's a beautiful definition. That's official definition that the Bhagavatam gives of Bhagavan. What's Bhagavan? Bhakta Bhaktimam. He's the Bhakta of his Bhaktas. He's the devotee of his devotee. That's Bhagavan. <laughs> One Srila Prabhupada Bhaktisiddhanta said that Krishna is the personification of devotional... No, the devotee is the personification of devotional service to Krishna. Krishna is the personification of devotional service to the devotee. <laughs> That's Krishna. Aham bhakta paradi no So, Gopal Bhatta was meditating on this, how from a pillar, from stone, hmm, Bhagavan appeared due to Prahlad's bhakti. So he had these 12 stones, if you will. <laughs> he wished so much. No? How like my my Bhagavan, my Istadev to, to and, and he was lamenting and crying deeply. Kavi, Kavi, oh, when, when? <laughs> and he fall, fell unconscious and got to sleep in that way. That was, that was the way the Goswamis went to sleep at night. <laughs> crying and lamenting. And, well, okay, that was, it was not, okay, I'm tired and go to sleep. And I put my watch, no, I was like... <laughs> And as you know, the result of that contemplation in Pralat, Bhakti and Narasimha, the appearance was the next day, one of the twelve silas, 
the basket he had was open. Gopal Bhatti was like, maybe snake is there. So it's moving. And, and one of the 12 silas, the Damodar Sila, appear in the form of <laughs> basically the most important deity of the whole Vrindavan, which kind of embodies all the deities and brought together. So the result of contemplating the Srim Hadev Lila on Bhakta Palat's Maharaj devotion was Radharaman, interestingly. So the point is that when Gopal Bhatta contemplated Prahlad and Srim Hadev, the result was not the disappearance of Radha and Krishna, but their appearance. <laughs> because Radharaman is the combined form of Sri Radha and Krishna, and therefore it is concluded that's Mahaprabhu also. In this way, Mahaprabhu gave his darshan to Gopal Bhatta Goswami, and he was able to worship his sister there. So in this way, in this prayer, Thakur Bhaktivinoda has shared with us some, <clears throat> some important points for us to attain uh, Adhikar eligibility to further tread the path of Raga Bhakti, hmm? to begin with, to enter into what Sriva Goswami called Ajata Ruchi Raganuga Bhakti, hmm? which means we are threading the path of Raga Bhakti, although we may not be passionately absorbed in following the footsteps of the Brajabasi, but somehow we are on the path. The goal has been established. The, guy, the, the connection is there. The agency is there. The bhakti scars are there. So, again, as, the more we progress, in the beginning, Nishimhade will play this role, will clear the path, will help us to attain fearlessness and so on. And the more we progress in our worship in, in the Ragamark, the more the worship of Nishimhade will go to the background. More and more and more. But interestingly, as we mentioned in the first class, when we reach the height of the Ragamark, <laughs> when we enter Golok and we enter Nitenaudi, Nisrimhadev will appear there again. Because we will reach the house of Nanda Maharaj and there Nisrimhadev is the Istadev. Madhu Mangal will be daily worshipping Nisrimhadev. Everyone will be praying to him for the protection of Krishna. <laughs> And when we enter Nityanabhavi, we will go to Sriva Sangam, and Sriva Stakur is worshipping Narsimhadev there for the protection of Krishna in the form of Sankirtan. Krishna is non different from Srinam, Sankirtan. Mm. Mm. So interestingly, Narsimhadev will reappear, but from a different perspective. Mm. So some ideas we have been share, sharing this <clears throat> these last two weekends with all of you in this connection of Bhaktivinoda Thakur's prayers to Srinjim Hadev in the pursuit of Ragamark. So, I don't know if you have any questions before finishing today. Samanti? Um, some of the other classes you were anchored to, but emphasizing embracing the obstacles and integrating them. <clears throat> and if you could speak, like yesterday, I think you said about um, recognizing them not identifying with them. Mm-hmm. I just wondering if you could talk a little more specifically about that. Um, <clears throat> well, yeah, yesterday we mentioned that <clears throat> an anarthani is not, I mean, it's not a practice in itself, it's not that you engage in anarthani britti. You engage in bhajana kriya, and anartha nibriti is a result of that bhajana kriya on some level. That's, I mean, on another level, snishta, rucha, sakti, still there is anartha nibriti. 
because there are anarthas till you reach bhava, brahma. But they are not so much as they are before nishta. So that's why anartha nibriti will be the main concern of the sadaka before attaining nishta. Like for 19, maybe once my guru must say that, 99% of the sadaka should, when chanting, should focus on this first glorious Srinam, Chitudarpanam Arjunam, Chitudarpanam Arjunam. In other words, identifying with the need of purification. It's okay, no problem with that. So as we say yesterday, and that has to do with identifying whatever anarthas may be there, but not identifying with the anarthas. Identifying the anarthas, not with the anarthas. So the dust is there, I need to clean the house, but I'm not the dust. Basically, that's the whole... Even though all the dust is... When I'm cleaning it, it seems I'm the dust, because I'm doing self-abhishek of dust. <laughs> but I still know I'm not the dust. I'm totally covered by that, but I'm something more. <laughs> so... And again, it's easier said than done because sometimes in our inner world and practice we may get overwhelmed and some particular wave of an art to me like appear like, wow, this is the only in all in me. And we may feel, I, I do not see anything bright above this. It seems that there is nothing apart from whatever, selfishness in my heart. And we may get discouraged. We may get suicidal. <laughs> thinking, I'm the worst crap in the whole creation. <clears throat> and there's not that single good thing about me. And, and it's important to be careful in those moments. So, and also know how to deal with those type of prayer from high personalities which say, there's nothing good in me. It's full of that, but you know, Tagore has so many. <laughs> and you have to know how to deal with that in a non-dysfunctional way, because you can chant those and commit suicide after the kirtan. <laughs> <laughs> by wrong imitation. Huh? So from where he's saying that, from where we are saying that, so it's impor- important to <coughs> yeah, to embrace the obstacles, as our Guru Mahesh will say, to take your anarchists and put them in the altar, like in playing. Whatever I feel is an obstacle now, whatever I'm detecting, because first of all you have to detect, you have to know what's an anartha, what's not an anartha, and our Acharyas have made such a, a clear like description of different types of an artist. And again, this is theory, but it helps. I mean, four categories of an artist, but you know, Thakur mentioned four subcategories to each one of those four. You have 16. Still, he's very generous telling you, you only have 16 an artist. <laughs> of course, so many, many other things coming from that, but still, you are not them. Even though in that stage, you will perceive mostly an artist everywhere and where I am, you are the one perceiving the artist. The artists are perceived, you are the perceiver of the art. So that's still already glorious because for uncountable lifetimes, you never perceived an artist. You didn't even know that there was something called an art. You were totally merged into your anarchic, anarchic, anarchic <laughs> identity. I'm the artist. I mean, in that time you felt, I'm the Narta, without knowing about the Narta. <laughs> like people say, I, why you are angry? I'm like this. Why you act like this? That's me. Totally like merging with the Narta. <laughs> so at least we, we start to, to have the, this knowledge to separate. There is the Narta and there is 
So anartha nibriti means basically to conduct ourselves in bhajan kriya with the awareness that there is something called an artist and there is something I have to do in relation to them. So meanwhile I engage in bhajan, I, I, have the I, I have the necessity, perceived necessity, dealing with those anarthas, acknowledging them. And the more I, have some, I feel I have some obstacle, for sure there must be some anartha. Even though I may not know which is that anartha. Sometimes I may not have a clue about what's going on. But I know something's there. That's the scripture say. If you chant Hari and your heart is not melting and you are not crying, do not blame Sri Harinam. Do not blame Sri Guru, or maybe he gave me a not so efficacious mantra or something. I mean, I'm not saying also blame yourself and torture yourself. I'm not saying that, but do not put responsibility on the environment. Because you have received everything you need. You received Srinam, you have the connection with the Sad Guru. I mean, now it's your turn, if you will. <laughs> That's. That's high responsibility, it's not a joke. You say, oh, I have such a connection with my Gurudev, Srila Prabhupada, and I receive Harinam from here, Mantra from him. Great, but that's big commitment. What do I do with the most powerful and glorious thing I could ever receive in my life? Not to be scared, just to become adults. <laughs> adults basically means someone who awakes to the reality of commitment. A child means someone who only wants to play. <laughs> That's what it means to be a child. You all want to play, non-responsibility, leave me alone, I want to do whatever I like. And to grow and mature means you gradually realize, oh, I have some duty, responsibility, commitment, sacrifice. <laughs> mm -hmm. So apply that idea to the ultimate degree in the context of bhakti, it means to take full responsibility of the mercy that is, has come to me. So, so in that context, all, all these anarthas are to be dealt with and integrated. Yes, yeah, we mentioned integrated in the sense of I don't have to reject them, but I need to transcend them. And as we said the other day, transcendence doesn't mean rejection, but means integration of complexity. Anartha means something that I couldn't figure out yet. So I need to fully integrate, because whatever, I may have, like Narutam Dastakur talked, he started to spoke about Kama, Kroda, Loba, Mada, etc., greed and lust and anger, and say how all the things, all these impulses can be engaged in bhakti. That's, that's the way he mentioned that. I will integrate them. I mean, because lust, greed, is such a powerful energy in there. So I don't want to lose that powerful impulse. I just want to <laughs> express that in the context of bhakti. Because all those impulses are making the world round, go round, and so many things are happening because of that. What if we take all that energy and direct in the proper... It's not that we need to kill that, but just express that in, in connection to the center. So, yeah, we, we need to, to learn from from the obstacles, because again, obstacles are not obstacles, ultimately. Actually, the obstacles comes to show us, you choose to see me as an obstacle, <laughs> basically. So I gave the example the other day with Amritana. I may feel subjectively, this is just an example, not reality. He's an obstacle in my life. 
<laughs> but he's not. But I may perceive him as an obstacle. So actually what I'm saying is, I choose to see you as an obstacle. I'm creating the, the obstacle reality and, 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 and you. I, and I choose to make you the personified form of that, <laughs> of my own projection there. So whatever we feel as an obstacle coming into our life externally, that's speaking about some other obstacle internally that we need to first acknowledge and then deal with. And probably when you want to deal with that, you realize, oh, this is too much. I cannot deal with this. It's too big. Great. That's another teaching that you are receiving. You cannot do it by yourself. <laughs> that's the conclusion. So you have to take shelter in the proper direction. This is to overcome this Maya Shakti is next to impossible. Krishna says it's very difficult. If he says it's very difficult, I say totally impossible. <laughs> and then he goes in the two second lines, second lines mentioning. But if you take shelter in the proper direction, that which is almost impossible becomes almost immediate. Like what Tinotagur is saying here. Immediately this happens. <laughs> Just taking the proper shelter, just paying attention in the proper direction. As we said the other day, when Parikshit Maharaj told Sukadeva, I have seven days to live. So, I don't know, is that enough time for me to reach perfection? Sukadeva started to laugh, to chuckle, like, seven days? And that's a lot of time. <laughs> just one second. If you pay proper attention in the proper direction for one millisecond, that's enough. For reaching perfection. If you don't pay proper attention and you are looking just in the wrong direction, you can spend lifetimes after lifetimes after lifetimes, and it's not enough yet. <laughs> so it's not about quantity, but quality to reach that point. So, yeah, try it. We have to, yeah, develop this disposition of being students forever, as Celestial Mars will say. So, an artist knocking on my door, she would say, what, what, what do you have to teach me? You are my teacher, you are my master, with some humility. No? Have a big lesson to learn here. Humility means that. No? Humility means still willing to learn. Willing to, especially in those, with those things that are really embarrassing, with those things that throw me to the ground and make my face be grinded like... <laughs> Yeah, please teach me. Teach me my necessary lesson. I want to learn. I want to grow. Remember, I want to make progress. <laughs> but I want to grow and make progress. I want to change. If you don't want to change, I mean, what you are doing here, you are in the wrong place. <laughs> so if we don't want to change, we are in the wrong place. So, and we don't have an idea of how much we can change. <laughs> but the sadhus have that idea and they see our potential and they are already seeing our ultimate most upgraded version of ourselves and they want that to happen. Try to imagine what must it be for the, the eye of the heart of the sadhu that he or she is not seeing who we are. He's seeing our ultimate version, the most brilliant version of ourselves and just wanting that to happen. And we put in so many obstacles for that not to happen yet sometimes. <laughs> and the self being very expert in... Well, I mean, we have our obstacles, but they are dealing with ourselves, putting obstacles to them, trying to take us there. 
and we don't understand what's that, and we try, no, 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 thank you so much, and, and they are trying to very expertly. And someday we will reach there, and someday we will understand, and we will be able to really <laughs> express our gratitude and, and realize, oh, you wanted to give me this to me, you wanted me to be this, now, I reached it, now I understand what, what you meant. <laughs> <clears throat> so some all the things have to be happening have to be boiling <laughs> in yourself mm -hmm. again do not wait for a miracle to happen if you will the miracle already happened I mean the, the knocking on the door already came time ago so once one devotee say that miracle doesn't mean that God makes what you want but what, that you make what he wants <laughs> So that's a real miracle. When we start to, to align ourselves with, with the will of divinity, then the real thing starts to continue to happen. <clears throat> Something else, some other question? Can I see this here? Just Ready a couple now? small reflections. Thank okay. you, Maharaj. Wonderful class. Uh, piggybacking a little on the... Uh, the Anartas, uh, I was thinking of a, I heard once this Christian preacher, he said that if the war is still raging in your mind, you should praise the Lord, because one side is not one. <laughs> so the idea, the idea being like, you, you're still seeing those Anartas, so that's a good thing. You were saying, it's a, it's a good thing if we see the Anartas are there. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, if we don't see them, then that's, that's, that's scary. Um, the other, the other reflection is, um, I, I really like this point you made about uh, becoming a prayer. I've never heard that uh, put that way. I never heard that either. It, it, <laughs> it came. It came. You have a, it's not my <laughs> idea, just in case. I mean, I didn't hear from anyone else, and therefore oh, it's, not, it's not mine either. But it, it came. It was not an, oh, let's, how can I make a play of words with prayer? It didn't just... So. Marge, you have a, you no, have a, no, I have no copyrights with, with the idea. <laughs> you should patent it. But anyway, you, uh, you have an expert grasp of language. I mean, you English is obviously not your, maybe not your first language, but you understand some words better than me. Um, I noticed that about many of our acharyas, actually. Um, so I like this idea of become a prayer. Hmm. And uh, one thing I wanted to share briefly is this. Like, growing up, I was ca Catholic, raised Catholic, and uh, there's this prayer that they sing in the church that always bewildered me that we should learn to pray without ceasing without ceasing without ceasing yeah. mm -hmm. and as a small child I was bewildered by that mm. like what how you what does that mean you're just in church all day like that mm. I didn't I, it, it, like it's like a scary idea and I feel like today I was able to grasp more like how that, <clears throat> how that might be possible become mm. become a prayer hmm. so thank hmm. you just reflection yeah thank you yeah, it's not easy to i mean it's not easy to pray and it's i mean we can hear read books and hear some advice but at one point it's like a mysterious thing i mean you have to enter and it's not that okay this is the formula you follow every single step and success guaranteed you know? and success guaranteed but you don't know what will happen in, in between of that so it's like as you say, it's scary to to not see your nartas. It's scary to see your nartas, <laughs> but it's scary not to not to see them. So prayer means I'm willing to see 
what I need to see, what it will be shown to me. Because what can I see? I mean, I can see, strictly speaking, what, you, what someone will show to me. I mean, I, I, can, I do not trust too much my own eye. So prayer means I'm begging for that enlightenment. I'm begging to really be, to witness, to shed light on whatever corner needs to be shed light on. Again, that can be scary because as we say yesterday, we are afraid of the unknown. <laughs> whatever is unknown, we are afraid of our shadow. And as we say, paradoxically, we are also it's not fully aware of our brightest potential, which is so bright, so beautiful, but unknown. So we may be scared about that as well. <laughs> so we need to integrate all this and we need to, yeah, to develop courage, basically, courageous, abide. This concept of abide is so powerful. I mean, so many implications of this idea of becoming courageous personality, free from fear. And, and prayer has to, has to do with that, basically. So, yeah, thank you for your... Thank you. Contribution. <laughs> Krishna Chaitanya. I'm just uh, trying to see. You, you said a few things, and I'm trying to see if uh, I'm understanding it. So, you're talking about, I guess, someone being overcome by their emotions and not knowing, you know, just being carried, I guess, on a lower level. Mm. Maybe you get angry and you're like, I don't know why I said that. And then, on a higher level, I guess one could say something and be like, I don't know, I said that. Um, but, <laughs> and then you're hinting it with, you're saying the might would not understand their nartas or their emotions, and the Madhyama would, would use Shastra. Well, okay, and you were saying that the Kanishta would see the Shastra through their emotions, and then a Madhyama would see their emotions through Shastra, so I guess that's integration to a certain degree, and a, being able to identify your emotions and maybe be like, oh, that's a lower thing, and I need to do that with this, but then sometimes, hey, that's happening, cool. Um, and then the Uttama would, they're, they're overcome by emotions and has kind of come through that, and then now, now they're overcome again by emotions but mm -hmm. a higher mm -hmm. type of thing so that's that's what you're saying yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> i thought so yeah. <laughs> yeah good to confirm always yeah, yeah that's a great exercise was you hear someone speaking to make sure that i understood what you were telling that's a total necessary exercise so yeah yeah it again it makes full circle and that's why sometimes we hear this idea that the between kanish and autumn they seem to be in a similar situation on one level, but actually it's worlds apart. Because they are, the two of them in this case are overcome by emotion, but one is one type of bhava. Bhava can mean also material existence. Bhava, Mahadabhagni, Nirbhapanam, says Mahaprabhu. So bhava refers to samsara there. So Kanista may still be overcome by samsara, if you will, on some level, emotional, emotionally speaking. And the Madhyam will be, yeah, in a calculated way, if you will, with some conscious effort, filtering, whatever currents are coming, and how much this is sankalpa, hmm? favorable. There is still some conscious effort and self sacrifice, but Uttam is riding the waves of 
bhav again. But the other ones, they have reached the, the yeah. Their emotions are shastra again. They do not need to refer to shastra to <laughs> to justify whatever is happening. But but actually shastra is pointing to their emotions. No? There is where you have to go. That, that's the, the ultimate content of shastra. The emotions of the Dutam Bhagavatam. That's what we find in the Bhagavatam. The Bhagavatam is about the emotions of the Brajavasis. That's the pinnacle of the Bhagavatam. <laughs> so... We, 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 we are again there overcome by emotions. So that's what bhakti is so, yeah, so difficult to understand actually. In one sense it's simple and easy, but in another sense it's really cryptical and you may really mistake one thing for the other and this and that. So it's not easy to be overcome by emotions in that sense. So. <clears throat> it seems like it, it's kind of having you explain it like that, it, it kind of shines a light on why there's a problem sometimes if very early on you're trying to enter these emotions mm. past the deal. you got to get to a point where you have enough equanimity and knowledge of Shastra so that <clears> you can separate yourself from your emotions and also be able to evaluate, I guess. Yeah. That's what integration is about. Yeah, we spoke yeah. today with Subal also in our drive here. It was an interesting conversation we had <laughs> and one of the points was in connection with this that sometimes uh, <clears throat> regarding Shastra uh-huh, and the role of Shastra in the novice and in the progressive practitioner and for the Kanishta or the beginner's practice Shastra doesn't have too much of a role yet I mean the, the, the Kanishta has not yet like awoken to the reality of how much I need to inform my my life and practice through revelation. But again, real, my emotions are first, revelation is secondary. So my Shraddha is not Shastriya Shraddha, in other words. My faith is not mainly driven by what Shastra says, but something else. Shastra is there, it's not totally out of the picture, but not so much in the center. For Madhyam, again, their faith is, of course, Shastriya Shraddha, which means my faith is connected to scripture, not to emotionality out of a scripture. Mm-hmm. And we were saying that sometimes, <clears throat> and I had that experience this last week after one interview I had last weekend, and that created some interaction with many people. <laughs> and, uh, and some people were presenting arguments. To some points I made, and it's okay, it's great. But the point is that we, we, in the very beginning of the talk, we try to establish if we are to enter into a debate or an argument, you have to send, set some, how do you say, parameters. parameters. Thank you. Now, how the discussion will be conducted, which is the, the, the proper valid means of knowledge to refer to when speaking about anything. It's not just, I feel this, I think that. I mean, that's not Vaishnava <laughs> dialogue. That's not Harikata. So there is some Praman. Shastra is our Praman. Bhagavatam is the topmost Shastra. The Goswami granted like a natural extension of that and so on. And I made that point the very beginning of the lecture. <laughs> but in the thread, in the interaction, so many people was just like arguing 
according to analogies and personal feelings and I think and I feel and I was like we have to refer to Shastra first to speak about something that is beyond our mm-hmm. pratyaksha or direct experience it's not just about what I think I feel I mean Jiva Goswami makes this point he says for dealing with achintya topics you need to refer to Shastra and after referring to Shastra you can use logic you can use common sense you can use blah 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 but by first referring to Shastra it's not I use logic and common sense and then I refer to Shastra and make Shastra accommodate to my common sense it may not be too common sense maybe <laughs> so so follow so so my point was, sometimes if I refer to Shastra and my referring to Shastra is disturbing your faith, that can happen, <laughs> then the only thing that you are telling to me, I mean, you may tell me, Maharaj, you are disturbing my faith. Say, but I am referring to Shastra. So if your faith is disturbed by me referring to Shastra, the only thing you are telling to me is your faith is not Shastriya Shraddha. Your faith is only Ashastrik. Lokiki Shraddha, in the words of Bhaktinathaku. Like mundane faith, emotionality, again. Shastra is somewhere, but your emotions are first. The ocean of your emotions are, are predominant. And Shastra has to adapt to that, which only speaks about how neophyte we are. Which, again, I'm not condemning that person. There is a place to be for being a neophyte, <laughs> but there is a place and a moment to stop being a neophyte. Because that can be dangerous. <laughs> if you insist on being a neophyte when you know lo- when you have to stop drinking breast milk, if you will. <laughs> if you are children, you have four, 14 years old, say, Mom, breast milk, not healthy anymore. <laughs> Beautiful chapter, but no longer <laughs> Give me the pacifier. No longer that. You're long. <laughs> People go and get some cigarette, the adult version of the pacifier, mm-hmm. basically. <laughs> Or something else, no? pacifier, something. <clears throat> so that's the point regarding what you were saying, no? the Madhyam, Kanishta, the type of, the level of reference to Shastra. So that's the point. If I refer to Shastra and that creates anxiety in you, that's not speaking about me, it's speaking about you, basically. If I'm quoting Shastra and your faith is disturbed, it's not because I'm a violent who wants to kill your faith, but it's your faith is not willing to agree with Shastra, basically. Let's say, I don't know, you say, well, Maharaj, but you say that nobody falls from Golok, but my faith is that we fall from Golok. So you are disturbing my faith. Uh, But I'm just quoting Shastra. (laughs) I'm not just creating an idea to disturb you. I'm just sharing what Revelation says. So if that disturbs your faith, that's a great moment to grow in your faith. Not to see someone attacking you. You follow? Because again, Shastra is to nourish our faith. So if I, by quoting Shastra, I disturb your faith. <laughs> if by quoting Shastra, you feel I am attacking you, actually I'm trying to nourish you because Shastra is not to attack you. Shastra is to nourish you. So if you feel that Shastra is attacking you, it speaks about the quality of your faith, not so much about how bad is the other person. <laughs> so all of this has to do with Kanisha. And Madhyam, and this is a complex dynamic because Kanista will be Kanista. You cannot just like press a button and they will stop being Kanista. But at least they should be under the guidance of someone higher than them so they can like 
protect them so they do not become apparatus, let's say, towards a madhyam that is having a diff- different opinion. The Kanista may say, he's disturbing me or he's deviated. He's under madhyam, guardian will say, no, 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 no. He's okay. But it's not the time to think too much about that now. Now you concentrate here and eventually I will tell you another story apart from that a stork brought you in the chimney. Something like this. <laughs> no? Like the mother saying the, the child. A stork brought you in the chimney and the child finds another teenager. No, no, it doesn't happen like that. There is a fall pro- And the child is like... <laughs> and goes back to the mother and I said. He's not a bad guy. He said that. We will speak about it later. Keep with the nice story I told you yesterday. <laughs> In some few years, I will tell you an upgraded story. <laughs> but now you can digest that truth. Keep digesting. <laughs> so it's complex, especially in social media. <laughs> All these things mixed together. You're speaking to an audience of 7,000 people and you don't have a clue who is on the other side and some will say... Maharaj, that was incredible and lightning, and they say, say, you are a traitor to the Sampradaya. <laughs> I say, wow, what's a variety of audience. <laughs> That's what happens. So part of the spice of life. Variety is the spice of life. <laughs> Sometimes a little chilly, but what to do? <laughs> masala is... I like masala. <laughs> okay, so... I think we are in time. I don't know, one last question before finishing. Who? Oh. Yes. I had one, a couple thoughts. Okay. Well, I really liked your, um, you brought up the pacifier. There's something I thought about too, like a year or two ago, I was thinking about how, the, we call it in, in American slang, a binky. Mm-hmm. The thing that the child sucks on the pacifier. Mm-hmm. And, and I was thinking about how we have all our different binkies, our different crutches, different things, like you said, cigarettes or whatever it is, overeating, or just prajalpa, we use it as a binky, something we just kind of like, you know, take, take shelter of, right? But then, then ultimately, the ultimate binky is the holy name. And that's mm. what we should really be mm. sucking on, or, mm. you know, really taking shelter of. Um, but I had a question about the, um, the kanishta. Um, it's something that's always been a little hazy in my mind, and I guess the most concise way for me to ask what I'm trying to understand here is, would you consider that a kanishta is necessarily a sadhaka, or would you say that that's not really uh, a major component of how we define what a kanishta is? Because a kanishta could also be just like some Hindu who comes and drops off a few dollars a week. Would that also be a kanishta, or would a kanishta just be a, f- a beginning sadhaka who really doesn't have firm faith in the Shastra yet and doesn't understand uh, the importance of Mahaprabhu's Sankirtan movement and the preaching and He's, he's still on the platform of just on reverence, just seeing the deity and he's and himself and like I need to worship the deity for my own benefit. So it's like a sadhaka kind of in that sort of beginning mentality or is it, or does that even stretch all the way to like a Hindu dropping off a few dollars a week? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> well, of course, when we say kanista, madhyam, anuttam, it's like a, still a general way of Dividing this. It's not just three levels. No, it's not like, oh, yesterday I was Kanishtha and today I became upgraded into Madhyam. No, I have my new no, That's once one devotee put, you have Kanishtha, 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 Madhyam, and Kanishtha, Uttam, and Madhyam, Kanishtha, Madhyam, 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 Uttam, Uttam, Kanishtha. 
And you can add in between many other mad- canistas and madhyams and uttams. It's so much nuanced. No? So if you take that nuanced perspective, you can include the two examples you gave in the context of different levels of being a canista. I've heard that from many sadhus. No? Of course, one more inferior level being this person who goes and to the temple and goes to the deity straight. Some sadhus speaking Harikata, but the person is just going straight to the altar, dropping the rupees and praying to hmm. give me blessing for my new job. I want to have a nice wife, a nice car. Bhagavan, please bless me. Doesn't care for Harikata, doesn't care for the sadhus. <laughs> so... That can be a level of kanista. The Bhagavatam describes the kanista as a prakrita bhakta. Prakrita bhakta seems like an oxymoron because it's translated as materialistic devotee. <laughs> prakrita bhakta is like, no, bhakta is not supposed to be prakrita. So sometimes it's sometimes also called Vaishnava praya, which means like almost a Vaishnava. <laughs> so it's a way of speaking. That's not what all that Vaishnavism is about, but in a very generous way, we could consider him, her, as on some level is doing something. Krishna says in the Gita, Chatur Bidava, Jantimam, etc. Jnani, how is Artar Yagnasura, Artar Tigyani Chabaratarsuba. So some of the people that approach me is afflicted ones, wanted rich, richness, wealth, knowledge, or the wise. As you gave the example of the pacifier. I mean, strictly speaking for us, ultimately, Holy Name is not even a pacifier. I mean, we don't want Harinam to be an ansiolytic, you say in English? That's in Spanish. (laughs) This type of medicine you say, we write in anxiety. Like, Mm. how do you say? In Spanish, it's ansiolytico. So I just made the English version of that. Anti-anxiety. Well, whatever. Anti-anxiety medication. So, a pacifier. <laughs> so for us, strictly, of course in the beginning we may take shelter in Sri like when our mind is, ah, Krishna, Krishna, ah, ah. And Krishna said, okay, <laughs> we have to begin somewhere. But ultimately, the idea is not to chant Harinam from that side, as we spoke the other day. It's more attentive what what need Krishna has and how can I identify myself with that and serve there. Not so much Krishna, my mind is driving me crazy, I'm on fire, help me. Of course, at one stage you will be there and you need to pray in that way. I'm not condemning that totally, but do not be misled to think that's the all in all about Japa or Kirtan. So, and again, for still that's a Kanista mentality. To take the name as a pacifier, I will say that's a Kanista level, or some level. Above the Hindu throwing some rupees, for sure. <laughs> but it, it still is Kanista, because you are still conceived Krishna and Trinam in service to you. Srila Prabhupada say that. Some people come to Krishna consciousness to serve, and others to be served by Krishna. Mm-hmm. And embarrassingly, we still, on many levels, we may want to be served yet. Help me, give me, relieve me, pacify me. Still, I, I am the center, and you are to provide. <laughs> Again, we have to begin somewhere. Krishna is so merciful, but we don't have to abuse that generosity. So all that has to do more with Kanista, because the Madhyam, again, is more progressive, more concerned. How can I make progress? How can I mature and grow from this stage? So, see, I would say the 
there is place for, for, for the Hindu throwing the rupees <laughs> in the context of being uh, a, a type of Kanishta, although that person may not even officially a sadaka in the sense of of um, having some daily sadhana, because sadaka has to do with sadhana. The sadaka is someone who engages in sadhana bhakti. Mm-hmm. So strictly speaking, we could say even that sadhana bhakti begins after accepting Guru. Rupa Goswami described what sadhana bhakti, the 64 limbs of bhakti, sadhana bhakti, he starts what? Guru tas adi ado guru padasraya. Sri Krishna diksadi sikshanam vishrambena guru seva sadhu marganu sadhana. The four fir- first four items are all connected with the guru. Taking shelter in the guru, receiving siksha and diksha, serving Sri Guru with love and trust, following the footsteps of the sadhus, all that's the beginning of sadhana bhakti. So in one sense we could say sadaka has to do with someone who is somehow connected with the Guru. But sometimes people is connected with the Guru and they are the one throwing the rope in the altar. Also. They may have a Guru. <laughs> but they may have accepted Guru in a more formal way. Okay, I have to have a Guru. I heard that. I heard that will help. They may show up once a year for Janmashtami or whatever. Guru Dev comes. Uh, what was the tea like? <laughs> Dot in, okay. Jai Guru Dev. Once a year. Japa Mala, they're hanging there for 364 days. After one day, Jai Guru Dev. Again, at least they do it once a year. <laughs> but not to cheat us as well. So, yeah, and, and, the, and the other level of sadaka. Still, Kanishta is the other one that you mentioned. So again, there are degrees of that. And it's glorious to be a Kanishta on one level, but it's more glorious to not remain a Kanishta on another level. There are so many levels of glory, as Mahaprabhu said, seven glories of Srinam, the first verse of Sikshastakam. The first one is embrace, clean your unconscious, go and clean the, the shed. It doesn't sound so glorious, <laughs> but it's glorious. Of course, if you go through all the other stages, more and more and more. You know this famous pastimes. Let's share that one. This story of Bhakti Pramod Purimasa, where Guru Maharaj likes to share that one with Srila Siddhar Maharaj. And once Srila Siddhar Maharaj was speaking about the three levels of Vaishnavas, Kanishta, Madhya, Uttam. And he was giving examples of his god brothers regarding the activities that classically depict each of them. Not pointing they are on that level. But they are engaged in activities that generally define someone in that category. Do you understand the difference? So you say, Kanishta, Bhakti Pramod Puri Maharaj. Because the Kanishta is generally connected to deity worship. And deity worship in the context, Krishna and myself, and I cannot go beyond that, I do not appreciate sadhus and so on, in that sense. So you have to know Srilasir Maharaj to understand what he was meaning there. He was not saying Puri Maharaj is a Kanishta Bhakta. He was saying, the activity he's mostly known for mm-hmm. is what generally defines the Kanishta Bhakta. He's not a Kanishta. But he said, Kanishta Furimaras. That was his way of saying that. <laughs> <laughs> then he said, Madhyam Bhakti Daita Madhava Maharaj, who was another famous disciple of Prabhupada Bhakti Siddhanta, who was well known by preaching and establishing centers and the dis- discrimination required for preaching. And Uttam, he said, Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharaj. Like someone totally in power who is transplanting a whole tradition into a, 
unknown land and adapting details in a genius-like way and so on. So the point here is that many disciples of Bhakti Pramod Purimaras were in the lecture. Mm. Purimaras himself sent them, go and hear from Srila Siddhar Maharaj, please. So they went and they were hearing Srila Siddhar Maharaj saying, Purimaras, Kanista. And they were like, what? I mean, he's calling our Gurudeva Kanista <laughs> in front of everyone in the class. So they were like shocked. And on top of that, our Guru Maharaj sent us to hear <laughs> that. And he's saying that. So they were like totally short-circuiting. Huh? Mm. So <laughs> you can imagine. So they returned. And they were not able to understand which was the point of Srila Siddhar Maharaj. They were Kanistas, <laughs> basically. <laughs> Very nice devotees, but still naive. So they returned to Bhakti Pramod Puri Maharaj. And, and he was waiting to hear about the... The Harikata of Srila Siddhar Maharaj. He was too old to go. He was almost 100 years old. But he wanted the report. What was the Kata about? So all the disciples came like... <laughs> <laughs> so and he said, what's, what's it? What? Share, share something of, of, of what Srila Siddhar Maharaj said. Because of Srila Puri Maharaj, Srila Siddhar Maharaj was his Siksha Guru. His immediate authority after Prabhupada Bhaktisiddhanta, especially in that moment at the end of the life of Prabhupada Bhaktisiddhanta, when he, Prabhupada Bhaktisiddhanta, asks Srila Siddhar Maharaj, sing for me Sri Rupa Manjari Pada. Srila Siddhar Maharaj started to sing, but he was not well famous for being a, a great singer, but he was well known for being a great singer in another sense, <laughs> a great kirtaniya in the real sense of the term. It doesn't mean you play harmonium and you know all these ragas ups and ups and up and down. It's like you're tearing apart your chest and pouring all your heart in, in kir. That's real kirtaniya, mm. sadahari. Mm. <laughs> but someone stopped him because, again, he didn't have a very melodious voice. And, they, and, they, and someone told Silapuri Maharaj, using the kirtan, he was known as a great kirtaniya in, in the other sense of the term, and every sense of the term. <laughs> as Silapuri Maharaj started to sing, Aparupa Bhakti stopped him. Say, I don't want to hear a sweet voice. I want to hear Srila Sridhar Maharaj. So it is said that from that moment on, Srila Puri Maharaj accepted Srila Sridhar Maharaj in his heart and his immediate authority. <laughs> so this moment speaks not only about who Srila Sridhar Maharaj was, but about how Srila Puri Maharaj, who Srila Puri Maharaj was, because how he reacted. Do you follow? Try to imagine your guru is passing away and someone... And you start to sing and your guru stops you <laughs> and says, he has to sing. Maybe you will feel this is, that he's my worst enemy for eternity. <laughs> he took my chance of singing for my guru Devi from his deathbed. <laughs> whatever, whatever weird stuff. Sri Purmash at all felt like that. He just surrendered to Sula Siddha Maharaj forever. <laughs> that speaks about him. So similarly in this story we are telling, <laughs> when he asked the disciples, what did Sula Siddha Maharaj say? And all of them were like, he said that you are a Kanista Dikari, basically. He, they repeated like this, <laughs> totally misunderstanding what he said, actually. <laughs> and you know which was the reaction of Srila Maharaj. he was almost a hundred years. So you, you just, if you know him and you know his movements, you, the, how he moved his hands was already totally like moving. So he was like this and started like to put his hands above his head, not like trembling and say, oh, Srila Siddhar Maharaj consi considers that I have some adhikar for bhakti. Jai, Srila Siddhar Maharaj. He started to pray and glorify Srila Siddhar Maharaj. 
he gave me adhikar for bhakti because kanista adhikar is adhikar for bhakti you have some adhikar he can say I have some adhikar for he started like to, oh so genuine <laughs> so all his disciples were like <laughs> so they understand that's how Anuttam Adhikari reacts that was not confirming he's an Kanista that was confirming he's an Uttam <laughs> he feels he has he's not even a Kanista really it's not a show he was not making a show if you know Purimarki he's not making a show at any single moment <laughs> so some some words are regarding because it, it may seem that we are demonizing Kanista, but it's not like that. I mean, properly situated, you will even think, hopefully someday I'm there. I'm there. <laughs> not as an excuse to not go further, but actually when you are there, you will say, oh. Shila Bhakti Pramod Puri Goswami Maharaj Ki Jai. Bhakti Goswami Maharaj Ki Shila Gurudev Ki Man Mahaprabhu Ki Shri Arinam Sankirtan ki Jai Shri Thakur Bhaktivinoth ki Jai Shri Nishim Khaogavan ki Jai Gaur Bhaktivinoth ki Jai Gaur Praman Jai Gaur